We're finally back. Another episode of Dynasty Theory. Mitch, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Dude, my today, my kid got um, his tonsils out. It's uh, We woke up early. We were at the hospital all day. We just got home. But as we always say, there's always time for Dynasty Theory. Well, except for last week when there wasn't time for Dynasty well, that, Theory. That but we'll, we'll ignore that. Different. That was different. We'll ignore that. <laughs> that all right. Dude, more than anything. All right. We're in the... I, I said we're kicking off the dog days of summer here. Mm-hmm. Tonight, we're going to talk about some June 2023 Dynasty buys. But as we typically do, gearing more towards overarching uh, discussions here, as opposed to just the four players we're going to be discussing, I want to open it up a little bit to kind of talk about the the prototypes that we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, more generalizations, if you will, than just, hey, here's four guys, go out and acquire them. And I think we're going to have some good discussions here because I think we're going to have some disagreement. Um, I think so. I think Dan so. had Dan had quite a list, and uh, I see some comments in the chat. Yeah, it's not here, so what does that matter, really? Yeah, Dan Dan had some, some guys he wanted to discuss, and we said, well... Uh, you're not going to be on the show, so we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> he he can drop them in the Discord. So, Mitch, kick us off here. The first guy you want to talk about, uh, somebody that you might be looking to acquire here as we just chug along during the offseason. My biggest buy right now, and I think this is the one that you disagree with the most, is Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett is he's in the tier right now to where people hated him coming in as a rookie and they're not going to be willing to change their views on him now. Just like I didn't love him as a rookie. The Steelers have everything you want for a quarterback though. Is the offensive line going to be at least average? Yeah. Skill position players. They're probably a top 10 unit as far as that goes. When you combine them all the running back, very good. Are they always going to be competitive? Yes. Is it a good coaching staff? Yes. Is he does he have a very good chance of at least making it to his fifth-year option on the Steelers? I say yes. So then what I did is I went in and I looked at your tiers, you know, that are available on the Patreon. And here's the tier above him and the tier of guys that he's in. We have Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. I don't see any of those guys really ascending at all. Right, I think where they're at is probably pretty fair to where they are, quarterback 15 to 18, right? And then you have Jordan Love, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. None of those guys are going up anytime soon in our dynasty ranks. But you look at Kenny Pickett, who's 25. I think there's a very good chance of all the players that are around him, if he comes out and has a good season, I think he jumps above and he gets... Right now, if you ask me, do I want Daniel Jones on my team or Kenny Pickett? Value aside, I would rather have Kenny Pickett on my teams as far as the starter goes than Daniel Jones. There are so many things running through my my mind right now. And there's a lot of things as I'm I'm going through my day. I I think about little things I want to say, and I jot it down. Oh, no. That's not good. So for Kenny Pickett... Right now, according to fantasy calc value, you can see it on the screen, quarterback 17. Mm-hmm. And the the prompt here, the question that kind of drives all of this, do the Steelers have their quarterback of the future? And it's kind of a two-part question. Is this their guy beyond the first uh, rookie mm-hmm. contract? And is this the guy not only through the first contract, but is he going to give you enough fantasy-wise to make a difference for your team? And I said this on an episode of The Pivot Point. We touch on market inefficiencies every week Mm -hmm. on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Come check it out, as little as five bucks a month. And I, I talked about this with Jordan Love. I said, we as a Dynasty community especially within Superflex and two quarterback leagues. We are dying for that lower tier of quarterbacks to push themselves up and elevate themselves to close that gap between the top 15 and everybody else. And I, I think it is fairly chalk to say there's a top 15 right now 
Mm-hmm. I don't know that many people are going to argue. And then for me, I do have Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones closing that gap. I know Russell Wilson, that's a bad word. We're not going to talk about him. Yeah, we're going to skip over him this week. Listen, I could talk about Russ every single day. I know. But then I do go into Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. And the reason I have them above a player like Kenny Pickett, we know that those guys can offer top 12 upside, whether it's a given week, whether it's season long. We have seen that. And yes, with Jared Goff, he's had his struggles. Is Detroit the, the answer to revitalizing his career? Well, if last year's any indication, then yes, yes, it is. And same for Geno Smith coming in 32 years old right now, breaking out in his what ninth season in the mm-hmm. NFL, pretty unheard of. So to me, yes, Kenny Pickett very well could rise above those guys. But if he goes out and in a Matt Canada orchestrated offense, they don't open it up. And yes, they do have an improved offensive line. Mm-hmm. They have the skill position players in place that a quarterback should be able to succeed. But I don't think he is going to be asked to go out and necessarily win them games. Just don't lose the game. That is what is he, he's going to be asked to do. Because as, as long as TJ Watt is available, that defense, they flip the switch and, and they, they win games. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So for me, we've seen the ceiling with Daniel Jones. We've seen the ceiling with Kirk Cousins. And while it's not the super, super high ceiling you might be looking for, for Kenny Pickett, I don't know that he ever gives you that that above replacement level production. And like I said, we are dying for these lower quarterbacks, a Jordan Love, a Mac Jones, uh, Derek Carr, still only 32 years old, but we're waiting for them to close the gap. I see Jeremy in the chat, Dynasty Daddy. Go over and check that out. A lot of great portfolio tools and analytics that are going to help you along the way. Uh, But we're looking at this, and I I, I don't know. For me, I think it's it's not, not really an unnecessary risk, because there's not much risk at his current price, I don't think. But I'm very interested in the fact that you brought him up, Mitch, and you mm-hmm. wanted to talk about him as a buy because he kind of falls in that bucket of quarterbacks Mitch Sorensen doesn't want. He is one that could ascend, though. That's the thing. In June, I'm looking for guys who I think are going to be worth more in October and November. And like you said, that Pittsburgh defense is good. That Pittsburgh defense has been good for a while. Who led the NFL in passing like the three years before he retired? Ben Roethlisberger, right? But you, I know that's what Matt Canada was only there for one year. So I know that's just Ben doing his thing. But we have seen the with Tomlin, they are willing to throw the ball if needed. Now, I'm not saying that Pickett is going to be anywhere near what Ben Roethlisberger was, right? I'm just saying that it's in the realm of possibilities. And when I'm looking at those other guys that are there, I don't think Jordan Love has that same possibility. I like I like Jordan Love. I'm not sure if he's going to be good at all and be a starter for all 17 games this season, right? I at least have a very good feeling Pickett is going to start all 17 games this season. And with an improved offensive line and giving... George Pickett, another season, maybe, you know, he could catch one or two more balls, but I really think he's in such a good position this year that I would much rather have him on my team. Like I said, Daniel Jones, right? Why do we like Daniel Jones? Well, he runs, right? He also gets injured quite a bit, but we we love Dable. We love what Dable does, right? D- dude still doesn't have anybody to throw to. Like, I love Darren Waller for the fact that, like, there's nobody else on that team. So for me, it's just, I really believe that Pickett could end up being a top 15 quarterback going into next season. It's, I think that, look, first of all, I was smiling when you were speaking, not because of the take, but you got Kenny on the brain. You dropped a George Pickett. Oh, did and I? We got the Pickett brothers in Pittsburgh, kids. baby. I thought I said pick kids. No, it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, baby. But If we're assigning probabilities, you know that P word gets me all hot and bothered, Mm -hmm. Mitch. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about probabilities. But we're looking at it, and you you throw it in three buckets. And I always feel like everything I look at, I'm always throwing it in three buckets. Always. 
but you look at it and you go, all right, he performed significantly better than that 1.8% touchdown rate. That's That's 6.2 yards per attempt that we saw last year. He improved significantly better. He Mm -hmm. gives you above replacement level production. Mm -hmm. He puts the Steelers in a better situation because he is on that team. He is on the field. So we assign that a probability. We assign a probability to he's just an okay low-end quarterback too. And he's more of a game manager than anything. And he does what the Steelers need. And then you go to the other end and you say, okay, Kenny Pickett is not the quarterback of the future in Pittsburgh. He is not going to excel. He's not even going to be average. He's going to fail. And then the Steelers can explore opportunities after 2023. I would say looking at those three buckets, two of them combined for a 75 to 80% chance, the complete fail or all right. Or he's just that fine low end quarterback too. And I'm given a 20% chance that he gets into that next level. He hits that second gear, whether it's more efficiency, more volume, using his legs a little bit more, but something that he gives you that maybe a Mac Jones couldn't because up to this point, and it's one of the trades we're going to discuss here in a minute. If I could get a 24 second with Mac Jones, I will pack his bags. I will pack his bags. Oh my Lord. I'd rather vomit. Just so you know, I think I just broke the the projections positional ranking sheet. I try to sort it, and I don't think I sorted it in the proper way. So I'm pretty sure I broke it for you. Just so you know. Thanks. I'll go back yeah, and and yeah. dig. You know, it happens. Dig happens. that up. But, All right. So if, if you're in the chat, I want yes. your thoughts. If you're watching back on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast feed, if you're in our Discord, let us know. Is Kenny Pickett the guy there in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Is he going to jump up? and get into the right now, like I said, quarterback 17 on fantasy calc, according to actual trades that have been completed. Does he get bumped up into that top 15 going into next year? Mitch, here's a few trades to hit you with 12 team super flex, Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones in a 24 second. Yeah, that's Pickett. I don't even know how you could go with Jones in there, man. No I will way. take the Mac attack. Bill O'Brien making his triumphant return as an OC mm-hmm. in new England. They got my man, Juju. Look, we got, we got Juju right here. We got Juju right there. All right. Anyway, yeah, I don't want I don't want him on my teams anymore. <laughs> and then we got the goat, your your guy Hunter Hunter uh, Henry. I almost said Renfro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, talk some sense into your boy here. Greg's not understanding Pickett over DJ, but that's a conversation for another day. We're it thirteen is. minutes in already. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Cam Akers. Or Jared Goff and Noah Fant, 10-team Superflex, 2 PPR? Are we sure it's 2 PPR? Uh, I think he threw that in there just to give the Fant side a little bit of up. I'm going to assume a 10-team Superflex league doesn't have the 2 PPR, so I'm going with Pickett and Akers there. This one was Pickett for me, and I threw in the 2 PPR to make it a little more challenging because if there's no tight end premium, essentially it's Pickett and Akers for Goff, and that's easy for me. All right. 12-team super flex. I don't have to make up any settings here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Roshan Johnson or Lamar Jackson? Pickett and Amon Ra. It's really like no. Amon Ra for me, though. I, I get it, but I want to give me that that bump up to an elite quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Yep, no, I'm, I'm sticking with Pickett and Amon Ross St. Brown there. Listen, I saw that trade you made yesterday. But you that had the glorious. Uh, you had the glorious. You, you had the the Nevada alcohol. To... I was like, "What the hell did I just do?" <laughs> then I looking at it more today. I'm okay with it. I'm still good with it. I voted against you. Yeah. Anyway, twelve team super flex. Kenny Pickett in twenty four second or Kyler Murray. This one's funny. I mean, it's Kyler, but you could tell it's someone that just like absolutely hates Kyler. Get him off my team. I want Pickett. Yeah, it's obviously Kyler. This one was uh. It was puzzling because I had my little shop, excuse me, shopping spree in April for Kyler. And I had another one a little bit uh, more recent and I was not getting Kyler anywhere near that price. All right. Last one, Kenny Pickett or Kirk cousins. I think it's pretty mad to be honest with you. I mean, I'll probably take cousins, but I mean, I'd be completely okay having Pickett as well. 
I'm taking Captain dude, Kirk there. Dude, Kirk is just so hard to move. Like, he's so hard to get off your team. Granted, granted, Kenny Pickett's probably just as hard to move off your teams, but I hate having Kirk for that reason. It's just I know I'm not trading him for anything decent. I was going to say, just wait until you, you try to move Kenny Pickett in yeah. about six months Which and see how difficult fair. that's going to be. Yeah. See how difficult that's going to be. All right. I got one guy here. Mm -hmm. And have you noticed? Have you noticed? I made a mid-year resolution. I here. did see this. Yeah. Well, no, not just not just only picking one guy, but I, I jumped in to interrupt you a few times and I, I stopped. You stopped. It was weird. Very weird. Listen, we'll people see how need to hear your beautiful voice voice more than they <laughs> my need to hear voice, yes. my uh voice on a chalkboard here. For me, mm. this this is absurd to me. All right. Today, I went through and I did a little exercise. No, 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 no physical activity. Don't get too excited. I went through and I looked at my tiers, all right, the fantasy calc live value based on actual trades and underdog ADP. And I wanted to look at any type of inefficiencies that we could spot, any examples. I just did it for running backs today. And I don't think there were too many that were really uh, popping off the page here, but just in general, James Connor, I, based on what we have seen historically from him, mm -hmm. he's 28 years old. I know he's old as dirt. Nobody wants him, but what really blew my mind, not only is he valued at running back 35, according to actual trades, and I'm going to throw some trades at you and you'll see why I think he is severely undervalued. But in underdog best ball, and you've done more best ball drafts than I have because I haven't done any yet. Yep. James Conner is going off the board at running back 28. Mm -hmm. That is an injustice. That is a travesty. Running back 28, and I know there's the injury risk, but we're talking about the running back position. You could say that for how many running backs? All of them. So the fact that we have James Conner, and I know a lot of people, they're excited because of the splits with and without Kyler, and you see what he did uh, whenever Kyler wasn't active. Well, there is the curveball because those splits also tied into when DeAndre Hopkins was and was not active. So I actually think the touchdown upside comes down just a little bit, even without Kyler Murray, but we're still going to see involvement in the passing game. We are still going to have, you know, decent touchdown upside. They get in the red zone. They get inside the 10, especially the five. But I do think losing a player like DeAndre Hopkins is going to limit the overall high value touches that we can see inside that five yard line. So, like I said, I think that comes down a little bit. But James Conner, he is primed if he stays healthy, even if he doesn't. If we see 10, 12 active games for a top 12 season on a per game basis, we saw it last year. All right, I think it was up to 15 points per game, somewhere around there. And then we've seen the splits all over Twitter, people talking about it, that you know he elevates up to over 20 points per game whenever you uh, remove Kyler from the equation, whenever it's a night game, whenever it's 47 degrees to 53 degrees outside. Of course, I'm being a little facetious here. But James Conner, uh, like I said, he's somebody that I am actually looking to acquire. Now, here's the issue. I'm running into a lot of roadblocks, okay? Uh, put together a nice little package. The response, well, you want to mm -hmm. send me a first James Conner's yours. <laughs> That's not quite market okay. here. Okay. So, Mitch, let's run through some trades. Or do you have any thoughts on James Conner? I think no. you're a big yeah. Conner guy, too. I think what everyone ends up being afraid of is they buy into the notion of, oh, without Kyler, this offense is going to be so bad, they're never going to score touchdowns. And we see that narrative going into the season for so many teams. I mean, we heard that with the Seahawks last year, right? You can't draft any Seahawks because we're never going to see them in the red zone, so you don't worry about it. But I'll just point to Damian Pierce last year. That Houston offense was god-awful. But Pierce produced weekly for you. I think James Conner can do the exact same thing. Even in the projections, we only have him for 14 games, I think, and he's still a top 12, 14 back for us. So for us, yeah, I'm I'm all in on this. Actually, I didn't realize how bad his draft value was on underdog, because if so, I have a lot more shares of him. Yeah, it, it, that's what really blew my mind. Not only his dynasty value and running back 35. Listen, I, I get it. He's not... Uh, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old running back, and even better, 
He's not a wide receiver or quarterback because nobody wants running backs anyway. And I know we're sitting here in June. Hey, don't look to acquire running backs right now because it's not point scoring season. You can, you can uh, get through this time of the year without making a move like that. But in general, it is such a low value move that can really pay dividends whenever the season approaches. So right now, let me, let me go through some actual trades that, that went through. James Connor in a 25 second or Joe Mixon in a 25 fourth. I'll take Connor. And th- see, that one is is relatively even for me. I think so. To to be honest, I don't think it's it's egregious one way or the other. Based on market, we're talking about running back. And actually, it's been updated. Uh James Connor, as of this morning, was running back 35. Now it's running back 33. So, you know. Maybe if we keep talking about it here, it'll be 25 by the end of the show. At least, at least. Uh, but yeah, I have I have James Conner and Joe Mixon relatively close. Both of their futures are a little bit questionable, and we know the workload for both of them should be pretty nice here, at least in 2023. James Conner for Kadarius Tony, 10 team super flex. See the 10 team. I don't plan on ever starting Kadarius Tony, so I'm going James Conner. 12 team, I'll still take James Conner. Uh, James Conner for Matt Corral and George Pickens in a 10-team Superflex. I'll take Pickens there just because there's some people who still love Pickens. Like, I don't, even though I called him, you know, Pickett a little while ago, still not his biggest fan, but I'll take Pickens just for that reason is I know I could get more for Pickens than I can for Conner. See, for, for me, this one would come down to roster construction, the way I'm trying to shape my team. But like you mentioned with Tony in a 10-team Superflex, am I saying George Pickens and Kadarius Tony are the same? No. Mm-hmm. But it might, based on my roster, lean me more towards going with the running back. Matt Corral, obviously, no offense to him, but let's ignore him for the point of this conversation. Yep. I I could be swayed, certainly, to go James Conner straight up over George Pickens, and that is more of a reflection on how I view George Pickens in the immediate future. And we always say how much of an impact that certainly has on dynasty value without a doubt. Yep. 12 team super flex. Can I throw two PPR in here to make you it can even... throw whatever PPR five PPR James Connor for Sean Tucker, who has not even been cleared yet. He has not even stepped on the mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Plus Isaiah likely. All right. It's James Connor. Did and you I... cherry pick? I have to ask, did you cherry pick these or were these just the trades that you saw? These are, they were the most recent mm. trades involving James Conner where he was the centerpiece on one side. So I didn't want to get like a, a three for three or a four mm-hmm. for four type situation. But you would think these were cherry picked, right? You would think he was kind of Conner, Conner sided, I would say. I, I, but the, the running back 33, that certainly uh, would not completely right yeah. disagree with those trades. I mean, if, James Cook or uh, James Conner? I Cook, I guess. I, I actually I have guess. a few offers out there still. James Cook for James Conner. I was just going through. To you see you probably have there. something added though, knowing you. It's probably not a straight up one. Me? Yeah, I know, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound like me. Uh, but again, I this is. It's a mistake as dynasty managers to go out. Well, James Cook is 23. Mm-hmm. Yes, but when you go go look out the next two years, exactly who is yep. who is giving you more usable weeks? Who is giving you a higher ceiling? Who is giving you more production for your fantasy teams? So while yes, he is five years younger, and it sounds very counterintuitive as we sit here in June saying go with the older back. Well. I feel a heck of a lot more confident if James Conner is active starting him than I do with James Cook. So while I have them tiered together, I mean, if James Conner were 26, he would be elevated that much more. Of course, yeah. Within dynasty rankings. Uh, Greg, he's my my cheerleader here today. Conner over James Cook, if contending. All right, Mitch. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Mr. Puka? I do. And it's so we specifically called this a June buys for a reason, right? So with Puka Nakua, he is the rookie wide receiver for the Rams who could actually see time on the field this year, 
right now the wide receiver two there is more than likely Van Jefferson. Maybe the wide receiver three is Tutu Atwell or Ben Skoranek or whatever his name is. Um, but the drum beats already started for Pukunakua. You could see it. We've seen a lot of news blurbs already in the Discord being posted of people like, hey, Puka is actually pretty good. Hey, you should keep an eye on Puka. So when he was in rookie drafts this year, you could get him for a fourth round every single time. He was always available in the fourth. He, he was on, I picked him up off waivers post-draft. I actually went, looked at waivers because I wanted to say it, but I wasn't sure when he was picked up. So I'm like, well, we'll just say he's drafted in the fourth. But I really think there's a good chance to where he's going to end up being a third round value by the end of training camp. Um, I don't know if he's going to be extremely good on the field. He's probably going to go, 40 catches, 400 yards, something like that. Probably something really close to what our projections have. But the one thing I'll always buy into is Matthew Stafford being able to make bad wide receivers or mediocre wide receivers extremely good. Um, So, I mean, not taking that part out of it, but Stafford's the dude who led the two best wide receiver seasons that we've ever had in the NFL. He was the quarterback for both of them. You look at Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay was amazing with the Lions. Leave Stafford, he sucks. You could say the same. Golden Tate was pretty good in Seattle. Then he was with Stafford. He was awesome. Same thing with Eric Ebron. There's so many people you could bring up to where you could say a lot of wide receivers end up making the quarterback good. I truly believe Stafford is one of the few quarterbacks that end up bringing mediocre talent and making them really good and earning them a lot of money in the NFL. So while I like, I love Van Jefferson. I've loved, I use this. Uh, do you remember what the YouTube video we did? It was theory throwdown Van Jefferson versus Antonio Gibson. It was. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far off. I'm a little off. Yeah. But I mean, I like Van Jefferson then. I just don't know if the dude will ever stay healthy. If he'll ever do anything Tutu Atwell is nothing. Ben Skoranek is whatever. But I think we will continue to see the drumbeat going for Puka Nakua to where we are going to see a value shift from today until the end of September. And so if you could get him within that window, or sorry, beginning of September, I should say. If you could get him then, I think you're going to get a value bump and maybe you move him for an early third instead of spending a late third for him right now. One of my favorite videos that we've ever done, and it was the theory throwdown. We did it mm-hmm. for a few weeks and, uh, you know, Reddit, it's I tough think. keeping, th- I mean, we couldn't even stick to our schedule tonight. We jumped on 45 minutes early, sure did. but, uh, we, we did a video and the, the premise for those of you that don't know the theory throwdown was I would pick two players and I had to make sure there were two players that were close in ADP mm-hmm. and I had to make sure that Mitch was pro one and Dan was pro the other. And we did an episode it was like 10 to 15 minutes long on Sam Darnold versus Drew Locke. And man, that was 15 minutes. People will never get back. That, that was great. That was, that was beautiful. I still want, uh, that's the only I, thing that I matters. Think, I think he did. But anyway, uh, and Greg says in the chat cup loves Puka. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this. Puka is an anagram for a cup as in cup light. Maybe I don't know. Okay. okay. I see that. I don't know. So if, if you're, you know, you buy into that kind of stuff, hashtag analysis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this situation, this is not a player that for, for many reasons really popped off for me during the rookie draft process, but you know, fifth round draft pick out of BYU fairly wide open depth chart after you get through Cooper cup and Tyler Higby at tight end. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, Cam Akers is not that heavily involved in the passing game. So there are going to be opportunities if this offense not necessarily gets back to where it was during the Super Bowl run, but certainly better than last year. And I think there there is potential for that. And it's one of the reasons that I've had Matthew Stafford highlighted in green on my tiers for quite some time. But back to Puka, uh, you know, Ron's in the chat saying that's Haller's guy. I, I get it. He led all FBS receivers with at least 50 targets in yards per route run in 2022, 3.53. He's also that nice combination of big play potential and ability with yards after catch and his ability to go deep with a higher, you know, above average a dot. I don't want to say it was astronomical, Mm -hmm. but it was certainly above average. So there are opportunities here. Could Puka finally give them something to kind of replace Robert Woods when he was at his peak? That's what they need is they need that guy. They, 
and this offense really flourished too. You had a Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and then you had Brandon Cooks who can mm-hmm. take the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. So can Van Jefferson, he's that A-Doc guy, you know, can he kind of help them out there? I still think we see a lot of underneath stuff, but when your competition is Ben Skoranek, 2-2 Atwell, Puka certainly could emerge. And again, we're talking about a dirt cheap option here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough to go out and acquire him and make that move if maybe you only have 28 roster spots total. And I've come into situations where there are players on waivers post uh, rookie draft that I couldn't put claims in because it, you didn't it's watch like, up anybody. It's, it's like the Pacific ocean over here. There's so much depth. <laughs> There's so much depth, uh, you know, but uh, not much ceiling anyway. Uh, so let me throw some trades at you here. Mm-hmm. Puka in a 24 third or Khalil Herbert. That one's hard for me. Not for me. Because I think I'm going to go Khalil on that one. Just because I know, like, I love Roshan, man. Like, I love Roshan. I think he's going to take over the backfield. But I could easily be wrong. And I would much rather be wrong having Khalil Herbert on my team than having Pukinaku on my team, right? And ultimately, as much as, you know, you love Puka, he's Mm -hmm. coming at wide receiver 89 on Fantasy Calc. We're, we're posing the question to the Los Angeles Rams finally find their wide receiver two to fill in for the Robert Woods position. But this could be a guy that's back on the free agent list mm-hmm. or your waivers in a year's time. No, oh, but three months time. Yeah. You know, think about, I mean, look at guys like David Bell, Jalen Tolbert. I liked both, mm-hmm. you know, Decent NFL draft capital, both going in the third round, both going mid to late second round in rookie drafts. But now you have Puka coming in the fifth round. If he doesn't show out, and again, going in the fourth round of rookie drafts or wasn't even drafted at all, he's going to be a guy that can hit waivers relatively early. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is an easy one, and it was, it was Khalil Herbert. Uh, and I'm trying to see if Puka's updated. now. he's still wide receiver 89. So we're talking... Primo value. That's what we Primo. buy here. Uh, Jay says, can Khalil pass block, though? No, not as Don't well care. as Roshan. And Dan <laughs> LaMagna would have his ass on the bench immediately. Dan's not here, so I can say the A That's word. That's true. That's true. I, I always try to slip one one PG-13 word in there when Dan's not around. Uh, Puka or 24-3rd, but it's a 10-team yeah. super flex. That's the thing. If it was 12-team, I would take Puka over the third. But 10 team, that could easily end up being a top 25 draft pick. And for that, I just, I can't take Puka for that. Right. I will be, if I can cash out right there, what could potentially be pick 21, 22, 23, 24. Boom, done, out the door. This was an interesting one because I feel like it's somebody that one one player is a vet. They have the name recognition. Yep. And you're probably thinking, well, I just want to add a vet. Maybe give me a, a bye week production, but it's a dead end. So that right there gives away my answer here. But Puka for Marvin Jones straight up. It's Puka. Just go with the upside. Again, this might be a player <laughs> that hits waiver sooner rather than later, but Marvin Jones is 110 years old. And Just probably give... is on waivers in a lot of leagues, to be honest. Right. So the fact that that he was even rostered there, and I mean, I'm sure I have Marvin rostered on a few trash teams mm-hmm. or uh, in deep leagues. And, you know, I say I have them rostered on trash teams. Get those points off your roster, JB. What the, what are you thinking here? Uh, a little upset with myself, Mitch, because the kick off the show, I said, not only are we going to discuss these four players and we still have one more, mm-hmm. but I wanted to provide some generalizations and overarching conversation. I think we have uh, to an extent, but can, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking, can I just throw some things here by all means? Obviously, you're not going to agree with this, but going back Probably to not. Kenny, going back to Kenny Pickett, it is it's a situation where we have a youngish quarterback that I don't think gives you that ceiling. I don't think gives you that production, as I mentioned. So I don't want to, uh, you know, keep going on and on and on. But overall, if there's the opportunity, I don't think you'll disagree with me here. If there's that opportunity to move those mid-tier quarterbacks and package them up oh, to yeah. 
get a DAC, get a Lawrence, whatever the case may be, you're on board to do it. I think the only thing that you and I will disagree with, once I'm in that tier where Pickett is, where Jordan Love is, where Mac Jones mm-hmm. is, give me a plus either way and I'm shifting. And I think that's where we disagree. Yeah, I think that's where I disagree because I would just rather have Pickett over a lot of those guys in that same tier. And that's fair. So that that's kind of the what we're looking at with these trades besides the the picket situation mm-hmm. and i i mean i didn't realize mitch was the the big steelers fan here i guess i am now yeah <sighs> but uh that's kind of how we'd be looking at it from mm-hmm. a, a hole here and not just narrowed in on kenny pickett and then james connor just the vet opportunities here i mean if Alvin Kamara doesn't get suspended, I know. <laughs> he, he continues to be a screaming buy. And guess what? Let's say he does get suspended. And let's say the Saints move on from him this year. You don't think he's going to go start somewhere else? Exactly. Because, you know, Dalvin Cook, he, he still has, uh, what's he coming in at? Running back 21 on fantasy count. Mm-hmm. Same age as Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has just shown that elite presence in the passing game. So overall, I don't want to labor the point here, but getting that vet production now, mm-hmm. we've passed free agency. We've passed the NFL draft. I know we have to avoid a few small landmines here in Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. But, you know, looking at some of these veterans, I think there are great opportunities here if you're looking to bolster that roster. And we know as the season approaches, as we find out Camara is not getting suspended because it doesn't seem like anything's really going to happen with that. As, as we see James Conner in that that uh, situation to, to become more clear, and I even think Keontae Ingram is an intriguing option to get thrown in just because the opportunity within that backfield, the way that offense is going to have to go through the running game, uh, whether it's on the ground or getting them involved in the passing game. But, uh, you know, so veteran presence there at the running back position. And then with a player like Puka, for a generalization, just go upside. Mm -hmm. There's going to be rookies. This happens. Remember Romeo Dobbs last year and the hype he was getting? Yes. I mean, and now look at him. You could get him for any third. Like trade a third, you could pick him off off of any team. Before people were like, no, I need a first to get him off my roster. I'm like, you're insane. But I just want to mention why when you were going through those running backs, the one guy that I keep coming back to is Derrick Henry. And it's just for the fact is, I know this is the last year of his deal in Tennessee, right? Do you actually see Tennessee moving on from him? Like with how they've built that team, are they actually going to move on? Because they probably get a little bit better of a deal going into the future years. They're probably going to add those void years on like what Tom mm-hmm. Brady had, right? I don't think he's going to be changing teams. I think he's going to be there for two or three more years. You're going to give me Derek Kenny production at his value right now for two to three more years. All right. I'm in. And even if he doesn't give you that top eight to 10 production, let's say he's then 30, 31, 32, but he still gives you back end running back two production. Mm-hmm. Just ride him off into yeah, the sunset. Yeah. And these are all prices that are going to rise and elevate as the they season will. approaches. Yes. Now, this last player that we're going to talk about tonight, okay. and again, we'll we'll drive home more of a generalization, but will the Cleveland offense in general bounce back here in 23? Like yep. we said before, it can't get much worse. David Njoku coming in at tight end 13, according to Fantasy Calc. What are you, what are you looking at here, Mitch? Why are you intrigued by him in general? And and like, what are you doing here to navigate through tight end premium leagues looking specifically David Njoku? Mm-hmm. So for him, it's so he, I think he was tied in nine last game points per game wise. Right. And so he was that good with that horrid offense that they had last season. I fully believe that the Cleveland, I hate to say it because I hate Deshaun Watson with like every fiber of my being. Right. right? But I think the Cleveland Browns are actually going to be extremely good this year. Like that team is built to succeed as long as Deshaun Watson isn't terrible. And David Njoku is going to do exactly what he did last season. Like his role isn't changing, even though they brought in Elijah Moore, right? I mean, I really believe he should be between tight end eight and tight end 10. You put him wherever you want between Michael Mayer, Kincaid, Schultz, Waller, Laporta, whoever you want in there. I think he should be above all those guys. Like he is in going to be an extremely good offense. 
that's going to compete, that's going to be playing in the playoffs more than likely. And those fantasy playoff weeks, that's what I want him. I want tight ends that are going to be doing that. Evan Ingram last year, right? Like I want that kind of tight end that could just win me a league. And I really think David Njoku has that in his wheelhouse. He doesn't have that monster target guy to worry about. Like Amari Cooper, yes, he's going to get his. But, you know, he's not... Justin Jefferson type, right? He's not going to command 30% of the ball. So I think when David Njoku is healthy and he plays, he's easily a top eight tight end every single week. And so that's the big reason why I want to buy with him because I don't think anyone's valuing as such. Yeah. And again, we kind of narrative season here, but you look at this offense and you got to think they will improve. Greg says, why do we think Watson won't be terrible again? I, it's kind of looking at it, and I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is Russell Wilson, but when you have uh, season after season after season mm-hmm. of data available and you have that as a baseline and then you have one outlier season, I want to believe it's just that. All right. that And, you know, uh, uh, Anthony says that lurks. Mm-hmm. How can you be that high on Njoku but so lie on Elijah because of the expected low passing volume? Wes says, while he's, while he's a terrible person, he's a top five <laughs> QB historically. I, I mean, he gives you that elite production. We didn't see it last year, but again, I'm looking at that. We have that, that uh, historical data available, and I tend to lean towards that larger sample size as opposed to a season that we saw this past year when he missed the first six games, when he missed the entire 2021 season, and then all of the off the field issues that, uh, you know, that he had going on there. Um, so what about Anthony's question here? Yeah. So uh, it's a very good question. It, it's something that comes up. I think all the times when we see a new wide receiver coming in for anyone who is you know, just missed what it was, it was how can you be that high on Njoku, but so low on Elijah because, I think comma because of the expected low passing volume. But for me, it's John does such a good job going through our projections and shows what, you know, the historical target share distribution was and what you end up seeing when a new wide receiver comes into a team, you don't all of a sudden see a team throw 55% of targets to wide receivers one year, then all of a sudden jump up to 65% because they brought in a new wide receiver. It's just not what we see. Um, the wide receivers, you know, what we'll probably see happen. Amari Cooper will probably end up dropping a little bit. Donovan people Jones will drop a little bit. And, you know, Anthony Schwartz, I don't think is even on the team anymore, but we'll see those guys end up dropping a little bit. And that's where Elijah Moore will get his targets. I think David Njoku just keeps doing exactly what he did last year. So we don't see a huge difference on who they're adding in wide receiver wise, because I just think the offense is going to be so much better. David Njoku is going to be the exact same guy he was last year and just continue to contribute. And maybe he ends up getting one or two more touchdowns that wasn't available last year with that horrible quarterback play that was there. And I think also for me, first of all, what did you try to sort on the projections that you said? We're good. Oh, thank goodness. I'm going yeah, through it. I'm like, I think we, we got it. But I, I, I think part of the issue is here too for Elijah Moore and David Njoku. It's the positional scarcity and especially talking about the premium. Like if we're looking at it from a strictly PPR standpoint here, mm-hmm. we have David Njoku at 9.57 points per game. We have Elijah Moore just above that mm-hmm. at... that 0.06 was going to keep me up tonight. So I had to make sure I corrected it. But again, we're looking at this from a tight end premium from a two PPR perspective. And that certainly is going to elevate the tight ends. And, you know, for me personally, that's where it comes into play. So it's the positional scarcity. And as we've kind of gone through, I mean, my my Elijah Moore projection and evaluation, it has certainly changed from a conversation I think we had maybe a month ago mm-hmm. or, um, you know, um, whatever it was. Uh, let's see here. Some comments in the chat. Resolute Rock. 
haven't they talked about opening up the offense this year through the air, just not because of a new wide receiver? I thought, yeah, I mean, you could look at this a few ways. The the Kareem Hunt leaving, so it does open things up a little bit more. You're wanting to, to expand the passing game, and they certainly have the personnel to do so, and you have Deshaun Watson, obviously, coming back after last year. Looking at it, we have it going from 50-50 last year to 53-47, and maybe it gets up to 55-45. You know, right. it's still going to be an offense that I think it's Nick Chubb heavily involved. And for for my sake and because of my rostership, I hope it's an offense that gets Jerome Ford heavily involved. Do our projections show that? No, but there is blind <laughs> blind optimism that that does come to fruition. But you have Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. I th- this is a nice offense, especially with the offensive line here, that for Deshaun Watson Watson to grow from what we saw last year. But uh, uh, more generalization look at this. Mm-hmm. For David Njoku coming in uh, tight end 13, almost said quarterback, tight end 13, he is in that spot with Greg Dulcich, Chigozia McConquo, just like we talked about with Kenny Pickett, if I can get that plus any which way, I'm gonna be going that direction. And I, I think you think might. Joku is that good already? That's my like hardest thing with it. I think Joku's already proven he's good. People just like don't really want to accept it at this point. Yeah, I mean, he when he is healthy, when he's been available, he is he has shown that production. And we saw last year there were games where we saw a fantastic ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at it here, trying to lollygag a bit while I pull up his game logs from last year. We need some elevator music, I think. Uh, we saw, you know, 10 targets, seven, 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 nine. Uh, you know, overall, we have, didn't see the consistency, but we certainly saw those games where he's racking up five, six, seven, eight catches, and in two PPR. If you're going to give me a tight end that's going to accumulate like accumulate like that, mm-hmm. that's certainly something that that I'm on board with. But let's get through some of the trades that have actually been completed here. Two PPR, David and Joku or Cam Akers. And Joku. For me, cop out. I have them tiered together. Positional scarcity. I would probably go David and Joku, but team build would come. What into if play you could get Akers and Sony Michelle? Oh, well, now we're talking Does about that change Sony. a little bit. If you know you could, you know, get a little bit more in that backfield. Well, in that case, I'd be going after Kyron Williams. I'd be going over Zach Evans. <laughs> I I mean, I don't even know if Sony Michelle is on the game day roster. Yeah, I don't one. think he is either. But, you know, I, I, it's a great callback, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the Rams for a second stint. But anyway, David and Joku, and this is a trade that is in one of my Dynasty Theory Commission leagues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be rolling out another one okay. here shortly. Two PPR, 12 teams. David and Joku are 25 first. Oh, 25. But it's the two, two point premium. I'm taking Joku there. Yeah, the, there were some comments in the chat. It was very one sided, and it was not the side that you just picked. Oh, I knew it wouldn't. It's okay. It All right. Be. Let me, let me know what you think about this one. 10 team super flex. We'll say two PPR. Because if it's not, I think it shifts (laughs) even more towards the other way. Okay. Jerry, Judy, David, and Joku, 24 second. Remember, it's only 10 teams. Mm -hmm. And a 25 third for Dalton Kincaid. Oh, Lord. It's Jerry, Judy. I'll take Jerry, Judy over Kincaid in the 10 team anyways. That was me getting my hammer out. That's a smash. Give me Judy Judy and uh, and Joku. And then uh, David and Joku for a 24 second. And a massive 24 firth. 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 Fourth. Uh, well, it's a first. I might have to reconsider, but Fourth. yes. And Joku. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I, I always love the, the uh, comments in the chat. Yeah. They, and they, they help they, so much with these shows. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here, just jump on, say mm-hmm. hello. And folks Wait watching live are going to drop in the, the, talking points and it makes it so much you know at this point with the news cycle being absolutely nothing we (sighs) might have to just do that you know middle of july be like look make comments that's our show for the day i and again maybe it's recency bias but i don't remember the last few years being this brutal right now it's dead it is dead right now yep 
and maybe it's just because we're also on the edge of our seats waiting for DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, uh, some of those other guys. But, I man, it's dead. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. All right. Any other any other players, any other thoughts here? Well, I guess before we get to the show. final thoughts. Final thoughts. All right. For the 207th time. Ooh. Talking about some June 2023 dynasty buys, not just specific players, but hopefully something that you can take to your leagues. And even if you don't have, uh, or maybe if you have one of those players rostered, we were able to throw some ideas out there, generate some thoughts that, that you could get out there in your leagues. All right, Mitch, what do you got? Okay. So this, I actually thought maybe doing a whole show on this just to really drive the point home. But I think we really need to consider that dynasty players are just smarter than they were four to five years ago. Um, when you go on Twitter, we see a lot of things. Something happens and it turns in, oh, hey, go buy this player or sell low on this player or do whatever, sell high, sorry, or buy low. But I think the problem is there's not actually those buying and selling points happening anymore. Dynasty players are just so much smarter than they used to be. Like I used to, like DFS, you can make money if you like hardly even tried back in 2015, 2016. Winning at DFS, anybody can do it if you put like three minutes of research in. I really think Dynasty that way was that way four or five years ago. If you just like paid a little bit of attention, you'd win at Dynasty. Now I think it's getting to the point to where you have to play a little bit harder. And I think that's why we see a lot of people going away from dynasty now because it's not that free ROI that it always was. So while we see a news blurb, I don't think it's immediately, Hey, go buy this player because people are going to be selling them low. I just don't think it's the case anymore. And I think we really, really need to understand that moving forward. Otherwise you're behind the eight ball and you're trying to buy players that aren't going to be sold for a low cost in the first place. That's a really good point. I think it's a great conversation and topic that we could certainly have for another show, Mm -hmm. but I I don't think, and I agree with you. I don't think we're seeing those drastic value shifts that we historically have seen within the dynasty community. Uh, oh, go out and acquire this player. Uh, well, sure, you can go do so, but there's not going to be any type of discount. Exactly. Yeah. And managers, it seems like they are being more and more patient and seeing things through. With you know, even a. a Dalvin Cook situation. Mm-hmm. Go out and try to acquire him for cheap. I don't know that you can. Cheaper than what he should be. That that's the, like there's so many situations where I think it is just people being a little bit more patient yep. and you can see it with with all these different uh valuations of players, right? And you see their their values over time you might see a little dip or a little spike whenever news hits or rumors hit, but it tends to go back to where it was maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's, it's like, it needs to be an anomaly for it to really be a, st- it needs to be like a Tua situation, right? To where people are like, uh, maybe he doesn't play or a Tyreek Hill situation from four or five years ago or something like that for you actually see a huge value s- switch. But I just don't think we see it anymore. All right, well, I'm I'm getting ripped on here from Dan and Wes, so let's wrap it up. We don't want to use any more words. For Mitch Sorensen, I'm John Bauer. We got Dan Lamania in the chat as he's kicking back at the beach. I hope you're having that daiquiri for me, buddy. We'll catch everybody next week. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And if you enjoy the content, come check us out over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory. We got the dynasty theaters. Dynasty tiers, projections, all that good stuff. I've said enough. Have a great night.